call for all of us to recognise and acknowledge the fact of occupation, to rethink the received colonial settler narrative. Justice with Tulula. Good afternoon and welcome to Deadly Justice. You're listening to Tulula. This week is our 10th show and we'll be doing a bit of a special show uh, this week on um, the COVID-19 restrictions and how they seem to be affecting people. So we'll hear from a few guests all over the Kimberley and we'll be talking about, you know, some positive things that come out of these restrictions and some maybe some issues that are arising due to the restrictions and basically how people are keeping busy in this in this pandemic and how to yeah look after themselves and and keep a good hygiene routine up and what are the things that communities can do or are doing to keep themselves safe and out of harm's way so we'll hear from Taryn Cox who is my equivalent in Kununurra so she's the community outreach and education officer for our East Kimberley office then we'll hear from uh, my auntie uh, Sharon Lajay Bindery and my grandmother Olive Knight and we'll just we'll have a little chat about how they're managing over in Wagga so yeah we'll just hear about how they're managing how they're coping and um, you know some things that that might be happening for them at the moment so a bit of an update show today but before we do all of this uh, we'll have a little break and we'll listen to a song we'll listen to a song I think is kind of um, with within the theme of today's show we'll be listening to Toxic by Britney Spears. Can't you see? Get away to give you love. 
and welcome back to Deadly Justice with Tallulah. We have a very special guest on this week's show. Um, we have Taryn Cox, who is my equivalent, so Community Outreach and Education Officer for our East Kimberley office. And uh, just wanted to ask Taryn how everything's going um, in the COVID kind of pandemic and, and how everybody uh, seems to be managing in the East Kimberley and what the workload is like over there. So how are you going, Taryn? Yeah, good. Good. So how's everything up your end? Yeah, good. I think, uh, you know, I'm working from home at the moment, so that's been hard to adjust and get used to, especially juggling three kids, a three-year-old at that. <laughs> so that's been challenging, but yeah, you kind of learn to take each day as it comes. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. I mean, working working at home with kids can make it a, a good and a bad distraction, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, they definitely fill in the days <laughs> a yeah. lot more than... Usual. <laughs> yeah. So um, you're in Kununurra at the moment. How's Kununurra seemingly holding up with all of this stuff going on? Uh, I think everyone's kind of obeying the social distancing and isolation really well. I think at the beginning there was a bit of a panic happening. You know, there were people we'd run out of the toilet paper and the hand sanitizers like everywhere else in the country. But um, it looks like things have settled down now. Like there was a bit of you could feel the tension when you go shopping and it wasn't really a nice feeling, I think. But the last, yeah, these last few weeks of lockdown, things have kind of eased up. I think everyone's kind of adjusting a little bit better. And there haven't been any new cases that I know of in Kununurra, so I think that's played a bit into people feeling a little calmer about the situation. Yeah, so what are some of the things that Kununurra, like, have done um, specifically to make sure that, you know, the risk is um, minimised? I think everyone has just been following through with the government update. Not a lot of, well, hopefully not a lot of people have kind of fed into, you know, a lot of the um, negative stuff or the false sort of information that comes up on Facebook and stuff. So I think people are being really smart about it. The police have not really enforcing anything, but they've made a presence earlier on in the first few weeks to kind of like, I guess, make people aware that, you know, you shouldn't be going out to the parks and no grouping together and that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know what's happening, I think, when you're stuck at home <laughs> inside your house all day. But every time I've gone out to go and do some shopping and stuff, it's been pretty quiet. So, And the fact that there hasn't been any new cases, I think, shows that we've been really, really good with, yeah, keeping up with what we should be doing. Yeah, I think people, like... That raises some of the issues about people not being informed enough. Like initially, I think people were like a little bit confused about what actually was going on and what the risk actually was and how serious it was. Yeah. And then you've got your countrymen that are, you know, the long grass moths that are out there every day um, and you kind of start worrying about them and their health. And, you know, I guess you worry about what sort of information they understand and what's coming out to them and I think yeah as you're, you're right it's important to put out there the right information and the right ways of, of informing people you know not everyone's on Facebook not everyone has a mobile phone that sort of stuff not everyone's literate yeah exactly on Facebook you see so many fake news articles you know I had somebody come and tell me a family member she goes I heard that Aboriginal people are immune to this virus and I went who told you that I was on Facebook that's the opposite of true. Aboriginal people are the most at risk. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the other thing. What do you think some of the issues have been with the restrictions? For me personally, 
I've been, I reckon some of the essential services such as Centrelink and even getting a hold of Telstra has been really difficult during the lockdown. I know that they encourage online, you to go on online and, you know, my guff, but, you know, that doesn't always solve everything. And trying to get a hold of them over the phone is just really impossible. And that's really frustrating. A lot of the non-essential shops like, um, I don't know, the clothing shops and toy shops and stuff, they've, their opening hours are shorter, so it leaves, you know, a small window to rush to them. And that's, yeah, that's a bit frustrating when you're trying to work from home and juggling kids. And I guess, yeah, even when you're trying to shop as a single parent and you don't actually have anyone at home to leave your children with, it can be difficult, you know. I know the laws at one point was, or not the laws, the rules at one point was to leave, like, only one family member from each household to do shopping. But, you know, if you've got a couple of kids that you can't leave at home by themselves, then you're going to have to have them tagging along with you. So, yeah, there's a lot of lot of things. <laughs> uh, yeah, very much so. And and what you're saying about Centrelink and Telstra, you know, my, my dad's in very remote community and um, he had issues with his internet before the restrictions and they had everything kind of sorted, ready for them to come. And then, of course, remote community closures. And so he's got no internet at the moment. And I mean, everybody's probably like, oh, well, that just means he can't watch a TV show or whatever. But it actually means that he can't, you know, access things like Centrelink, um, put in, you know, applications for stuff, you know, essential things that you need internet to do. And, And he's already so remote that signal on your mobile phone is difficult enough. So, yeah, I think things like Centrelink and Telstra, especially if you're living remote, if that stuff's not accessible normally, becomes 10 times more inaccessible when, you know, you have these kind of restrictions. So definitely an issue. Yeah, and like the community that my parents are in at the moment, they've got no mobile coverage at all. They've got to drive down to the gate to make a phone call unless they've signed up to a satellite internet service provider. And that charges way more than, you know, your normal Telstra broadband or in town. And not everyone can afford that. So, yeah, there are definitely difficulties when you're out on country. Yeah, of course. And then poses things like, you know, food and um, going in for hospital checkups. I mean, obviously those are essential things, but they become um, ten times more difficult when you've got restrictions. Yeah, especially if you're you're an elder or an older person, you know, living on community and you're you're um, depending on the younger people to drive into town to get your food or if you don't even have anyone on community, you need someone in town, your family in town to, you know, get pick up the shopping for you, which makes it difficult. Like on the, this Easter break that came up, the police had a roadblock at the Hall Street Wyndham turnoff. So family going from town to go out to the community to drop off food had to sort of explain themselves each time, you know, why they're there and that they're not actually going you know, crossing shires, but they're just dropping off stuff to family. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't think the roadblocks are there anymore. But yeah, that, I think that was just an Easter break thing. Yeah, it, it just, uh, I mean, obviously, like I said earlier, it is important that we do minimise risk, but it can make that a little bit more difficult. Yeah, so, so what are some of the things that you're worried about in all of this? I mean, you've expressed a few things. Is there anything else that you're, you're specifically worried about? Um, I guess talking about family, you know, I'm just worried how much longer it's going to take before I can see them, give them hugs. We recently had a funeral for a close family member and it was just heartbreaking not to be able to hug family and grieve properly. So I'm looking forward to, you know, that day when I can actually see my parents and aunties and uncles and be able to do that with them. I worry about my kids' education. I don't think I'm giving them enough 
bored at home. I have no idea what half of their homework means. <laughs> yeah. So I've kind of I've made the decision to put them back into school next week and just see how that goes goes really. But yeah, still a bit worried about you know maybe things might change or what's what's going to happen in the future. But I guess you can't worry about that till it happens really. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, that must have been a really difficult time for you. And um, I can imagine that so many people who, who've um, had people pass away or funerals and stuff during this time, how difficult it must be to not be surrounded by family. Like, that's tough. Yeah, it's, yeah it was just not the same kind of funeral that you used to going to, I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah, and Blackfellow funerals, yeah. they too many people come, you know, from everywhere, far and wide. Oh, uh, true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's tough. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was very, very small. Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful send-off, um, don't get me wrong. It, my aunties and mum and that did a beautiful job at, at what they had. But, yeah, I look forward to being able to hug everybody and, you know, do a memorial send-off when we can. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, again, tough with kids. You know, I, I worry about... Um, I've got two younger sisters that I look after quite a bit and they're homeschooled and can I just say it? it's driving me insane. Like the youngest one just asks so many questions and I'm sitting there going, I have no idea, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Like, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm not very helpful. I know, you can't really wing it when the kids get the kids' homework really, is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's funny because, you know, you've always got, like at school you've got somebody to support your kid but I think um, being in um, an environment where everybody else has their own tasks that they need to be doing. So, yeah, tough. Anyway, oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you another question. And um, I was kind of thinking about this, um, like I've been thinking about it for the last maybe week. And I think, um, so what happened to me the other day, I was in the shop and I was um, getting some groceries and I was in the aisle and I was on the phone and this lady was staring so hard at me and I was like... I kind of looked at her really puzzled like what are you staring at me for (laughs) and she was probably like two meters away and then she walked past me and put her hand out and goes don't come near me and I just it just made me think like are we during all of this stuff you know one of the things I think I'm worried about losing is human interaction and just um, like human decency and I don't know if this is something that concerns you like, have we lost, will we lose something as a, as a community in the Kimberley especially because of all of this, you know, people are afraid, they're suspicious. I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because um, even going through the shops, I've never had a woman come up to me and do that to me, but you kind of end up sort of if you're passing someone down an aisle, you move to the opposite side of the aisle and you're kind of looking away from that person to move away. And, yeah, it's quite funny that everyone's doing it. And um, you're right, it, it is a worry. Especially now that, you know, technology is advanced so much right now and then there's social media and you know, even our kids, they're mostly on their games and social sites and whatever they're doing, um, that interaction, we're losing it anyway. Yeah, it, it is scary. I mean, me personally, I, I voice people anyway. But that's yeah. the thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine by me. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, like, I've been in Broome for, like, two years. I'm a Kimberley kid, but I kind of grew up all over the place. But I think something that I really value is being able to walk down the street and see people that I know and stop for a little, like, five-minute chat. You know, like, I enjoy kind of being able to do that, but it's so 
I think it's so tough and I, I think, I mean, my concern is that this has put a dent in our community and it'll be something that we might not be able to move on from, you know, just suspicion and fear. Yeah. Yeah, I think all that, I guess we just don't buy into, you know, a lot of the false stuff that's going around and just, yeah, keep safe and once the threat's over, yeah. But I, I, I don't know, I find um, talking to, like meeting co-workers that I haven't seen for a while or friends that I, you know, you're still chatting with them and it's so hard not to be able to hug them, but I think we would slowly get back to some sort of normal, normality. There's, there's going to be people, I think, out there that's going to still yeah, I guess you're right. And I suppose, um, you know, it's not the first time that the world has been through pandemics like this before. So I guess we'll soon see. Yeah, I mean, as long as, yeah, as long as you're taking in the right advice and listening to the right people and staying in touch with the people that mean most to you and care about, then you should be okay. <laughs> Yeah, 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 100%. And I suppose we should be grateful for the fact that we can FaceTime people, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. I'm one of those people who've got like my best friends in Tasmania, my family are in Perth, my family are in Fitzroy, um, I've got friends in Melbourne, I've got friends in Fiji. So, like, um, I am really grateful for FaceTime, and my sisters have recently discovered FaceTime. So, I reckon I get three FaceTime calls a day <laughs> from oh, my sisters. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> they live around the corner. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's another thing we we got to be grateful for as well. So yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for being a guest and um, letting us know how everything's going in Kananara. Yeah, thanks for the updates. Um, and I hope you know everything kind of runs smoothly and stay safe and stay busy. I suppose. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for for joining us. Okay, thanks, Lula. We're just going to take a quick break and we're going to listen to a song. And in the theme of um, COVID-19 and the pandemic, we will be listening to Work From Home by Fifth Harmony. I worry about nothing. I am wearing a nada. I'm sitting pretty impatient, but I know you gotta put in them hours. I'ma make it harder. I'm sending pick up to picture. I'ma get you fired. I know you're always on that night shift, but I can't stand these nights alone. And I don't need. But you gotta put it work, 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 work. You don't gotta do the work, 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 work. Let my body do the work, 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 work. We can work tomorrow, oh, oh, oh. We can work tomorrow, oh, oh. Let's put it in a motion. I'ma give you a promotion. I'll make it feel like a vacay, turn the bed into an ocean We don't need nobody, I just need your body Nothing but sheets in between us, ain't no getting off early I know you're always on that night shift But I can't stand these nights alone And I don't need no 
Good afternoon and welcome back to Deadly Justice with Tallulah. Uh, today we will hear from a few more guests. Um, we'll be hearing from Sharon Lajay Bindry, um, who is my auntie and also chairperson of Wonga Junga Community. Um, so we'll just we'll have a chat with her about uh, COVID-19 restrictions and how everything's going in the community and what they're doing well and um, what are some issues that are, are arising. Uh, so how are you going, Lajay? Yeah, I'm doing okay. How's the community holding up? Everyone's pretty good at the moment. Been a big change, but I think everybody's realizing now the seriousness of this COVID-19 and how they are becoming very cautious about it and um, with restrictions and why we have to put restrictions, why the government has to put restrictions just to keep us all safe. And they're starting to come to understand it more now. The dangers of it, dangers of this uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah. What are um What are some of the things that you and the community have put in place for um you know minimising risk for people? Um, we've asked everyone to minimise their travels, to be careful where you're travelling to, um, not to cross the shires because of you know they might spread you know it might spread into other you know communities and that's why the government has put restriction on the shires and also to minimize travel to stay in your community if you're from that community you stay there and yeah just getting everyone to realize the the dangers of the seriousness mainly about COVID-19 yeah. One of the things we were talking about earlier was um, the store and how the store is managing all of like you know COVID-19 restrictions and um Minimising risk. Could you tell us a little bit about the routine you guys have put in place for the store? Yes, um, a routine that everyone's starting to adapt to now, and it's high, to have health and hygiene. Wash your hands before you enter the shop. Only five people at a time. 
so that there's not a lot of people in at the same time doing shopping. So people go in, quickly do their shopping, what they need to buy, and go out through another entrance. We come in through the back and then go to the front, and just adults in the shop, no children, uh, and that's where the adults can quickly buy the stuff and go home then and take their family and food and stuff back home, yeah. So it's working very well, yeah. Yeah, and you're finding that most people are happy to do all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, most people are happy about it because there's a sitting area in the back where there's space where they're giving each other social distance. Uh, People are not crowded in the back. There's seats where they can sit in and people on the outside if they need to wait. Um, And we don't have a big rush into the shop all at the one time, so which is good. And... um, yeah, and it just counts five people in. A couple of people go out, then you get another two or three people to come in, you know. So it's working very well, and everybody has adapted to it. And it is, you can, they, they are showing that they are they are serious about this, about this COVID-19. And they've made posters about the, the restrictions. They didn't want visitors, so they put posters up on their doors so that they say, if you're not, we can't have visitors in the house, you know. Some people wanted to just really be, and it's, it was a hard thing at first, but then they realized, you know, how the dangers of it. Uh, we say watch it on media as well, on, you know, on the news and TV, all talks about COVID-19. They wanted to find out more about it and that how it was killing a lot of people overseas, you know, everywhere in the world. And they want to be safe and try, you know, do the right thing in their own community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's that sounds like some really good initiative. Um, you know, making posters and that kind of stuff, with like access to you, you guys. You know, there's a community um, office and stuff, and people usually go to the office to access the computers and all of that kind of stuff. What what kind of things are you put in place so that people can perhaps still access things that they need to access, but um, you know, making sure that they're safe. Yeah, they can go into the Centrelink office, but maybe just two at a time, maybe one, to use the computers so that you don't have a big overflow of people in there. And they're starting to really take that on board, saying, you know, like we um, let one person use the computers and the phone and then the next one comes in and use the facilities in there and if they need to use the computers in the offices and stuff. They have, uh, and they pick up mail and stuff in there, and they sort of, people are all in there at the one time. So they all sort of go in one at a time, maybe two at a time. So they're starting to pick up this social distancing and being aware of, and mainly hygiene, of washing their hands in their own houses. We've had Ningling Gurry help um, come out here bringing boxes of soap and other stuff so that people can have it in their homes and teaching the kids and the families to keep washing their hands every 20, 20 minutes or so, you know, making sure they're on top of wash, keep washing their hands and getting them to wash it for 20 minutes, 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we're teaching that to all the family, everybody in the households, they're teaching it to everyone that lives in their own houses, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really productive. I wanted to ask about the clinic. Is the clinic still running and do you have like yeah. full-time nurses and everything there? No, we don't have full-time nurses. They come in from Fitzroy. Yeah. So they only come in four days a week now. And they they come in and they, they've got restrictions. They had restrictions in there too. Only two people in the waiting room and few people on the outside in the other area. So yeah. they were keeping it, keeping that area and getting your hands you know, washing your hands before you go in or sanitizing your hands before you go in to see 
the nurse and doctors, yeah. They're on top of that as well, yeah. Yeah. And what about the school? The school there's closed. I know we're on school holidays at the moment, but um, they've, they closed a, a few weeks ago? Yeah, they closed a week early because of this um, restriction. Um, and um, they sent the kids back home early and they were teaching them hygiene at school. If the kids would come back and talk about it, telling us about the dangers of this COVID-19 and how they need to wash their hands and... Yeah, the school was doing a good job too, getting the kids to realise it as well. With, um, obviously, with the restrictions, I mean, it's difficult to be able to do things like you were like normally meant to be doing or normally would like to be doing. What are some of the things that everybody's been doing to keep busy? To keep busy, people sort of, uh, some people would just, you know, go down to the river or something, you know, and just spend time down there and mainly in their own homes, keeping themselves busy by maybe doing the yards and stuff, you know, cleaning the yards and cleaning the houses. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of people would say that they were they were cleaning the houses inside and they were keeping busy that way. And, yeah, they were sort of doing their own things in their own houses, you know. And I know a lot of people found it a bit hard to, to adapt to it, but they have now realized, um, they found a way, you know, they can do things in their own home and spend time with their families and kids in their houses and things. Are people, you know, keeping on top of, you know, still going about their lives normally then? Um, yeah, some people are. You know, they're carrying on normally and, yeah, they still sort of uh, walk around, visit each other and things like that, but not, yeah, um, just mainly keeping their distances, I think. Yeah, just... Yeah, they just um, yeah, meet at the shops and thing, you know, when they're waiting for the shop. And yeah, life is different out here at the moment. It's, it's more families are together now, you know, like in their homes. And you you see, you know, the families now working together in their in their own house and doing things together. What they wouldn't normally do, you know, like bake cakes and stuff like that. And so there was a one good thing about it, you know, being at home. Yeah. It's good to hear that everything's kind of everything seems to be running really smoothly. What are some some of the issues that you're finding, or, or what are some of the things that you might be worried about? We'd be worried about if we had people coming from other areas, you know, if they they're not from this community, and if they coming from another area, they have to either go into four you know fourteen days restriction or not go around into the communities and things, you know, into the community. And so we, we sort of keep on top of that and just make sure that they're not socialising with everybody just in case, if, especially if they come from an affected area. Yeah, so we try and, um, yeah, keep an eye out so that we can all be safe together, yeah. Yeah. Is there, was there anything else you wanted to add or um, say for our listeners? Um, what a good thing is, is this restriction has brought into our communities is we're seeing more families um, spending time with each other more, you know, and having that time where where they wouldn't usually have that time together. It, it sort of brought families together, I see, um, um, in their own selves, you know, in their own family groups. Families have more people, are more sort of happier now and because they're doing a lot of things together, you know, which is a real different thing. It's a really changed a lot yeah oh that that's i suppose that's a really positive side to you know something that could potentially be very um like a scary kind of thing some positive in that 
you know, it's bringing people together. So that's really, really good yeah. to hear. And good to hear, you know, that the community is managing so well and um, people are kind of pretty on top of what they need to do, you know, cleaning, hygiene, following yeah. the kind of guidelines that you guys have put in for the shop and for the office. So that's really good to hear. Yeah. And it was good to see that the whole community, back, they were all backing up the idea of this restriction, you know, that we need to keep our gates closed if we... And everyone was there to make sure that who's coming in or out, um, not to come in if you're not coming in for essential services uh, and just being a to- on top of it. And it was a good community. Everyone got together, the whole community, and all backed each other up, you know, and said, now this is what we want. We want a community where we're going to say, say no to other services, only essential services. Um, if we do get visitors from outside, they need to be away in a, in a, in, in a restricted area where they can. So they were sort of Everybody was backing each other up because they they started started to realize how the seriousness of it all, you know, and that that we're we're miles away from the hospital, you know, like 120 k's out. We won't get an ambulance if people get sick, and we need to be healthy out here so that everyone can be safe and look after each other. So it, it was a good thing that the community get together and really backed it up, you know, and yeah. supported each other. Yeah, in this all. You know about COVID nineteen. They also supported the decisions. You know that was made through council, and the whole community was behind it. You know, yeah, which is really good. Oh, that, that's yeah. that's really nice, nice to hear. And I'll be hopefully when this kind of all blows over, I'll be very excited to come home and see everybody. <laughs> yeah, it'll be really good to see you again. All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest and and letting us know. Um, what what's happening up there? Yeah, thank you. No worries. So we've got another guest for today, and we'll be talking to my grandmother Olive Knight, who's also in Wagajunga, and um, we'll just be hearing from her perspective, kind of how everything's happening and how everything's going for her. So how are you going? Good, thanks, my dear. Good, good to hear from you. Uh, so probably similar questions. Um, how's everything going for you? How are you coping? Yeah, um, everything's going fine for me. I've, uh, I'm uh, quite used to being at home and uh, being much more consistent with things. You know, I've, I've taken up uh, sort of, uh, I've taken up uh, growing vegetables. So I'm, uh, it, I mean, it's not as ha- that has happened yet, but I've prepared the garden beds anyway, and that that's keeps me consistent. You know, and so the restrictions oh. are not uh, not so bad after all. Yes, oh, that sounds really nice. And keeping, you know, yourself busy and, you know, looking after your mental health and all of that stuff, that's really important. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, and you, you seem to be pretty happy with how um, the community's running, um, you know, looking after hygiene and keeping the store pretty um, routine, routinely, you know, how it's going. Yes, yes uh, people have been quite, um, you know, consistent with a lot of, lot of things, you know. Since this, well, it came as it came as a scare actually, where people were uh, sort of a big shock, and uh, it's because there were uh, a lot of people were very, very uh, yeah, almost to a point of panic, you know, and then saying, look, this is uh, this is so this is dangerous, and we are not going to play around with it. So we went into it in such full force, you know, blocked the um, gates and all this sort of thing, and. And hygiene became a major issue here, and where people were taught, and the kids were 
kids were constantly reminded that uh, people, uh, like wherever we were in any of our houses or in public, where you know going to the shop and all that, the hygiene was 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 very very strictly um, made an issue because uh, once upon a time I suppose people didn't care about washing their hands and all this sort of thing, but now it's become a reality that we we look after ourselves. Yes, yeah, obviously it's something that we've got to be extra careful about these days. You know, it could potentially be very dangerous, yeah. And I think also uh, with the restrictions, I think I guess you'd find it a little bit hard being a, um, what is it, globe trekker? Is that what you said? Yes, yes. Yourself? Yes, I have, I've been a real globe trotter in the last uh, last year. Globe trotter, and, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I've been being all over the world, more or less. Uh, and so, so I'm glad I did it. And, and it came at a time, and this came at a time when, when I practically am satisfied of you know do, doing something that I had dreamt of doing for a long time, visiting the castles in 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 uh, the UK and to the beautiful sights and sceneries that I've seen. Uh, all over the UK and the the Americas. I'm sorry, the United States. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I can imagine this is a bit of a shame, but you know, obviously a necessary kind of thing. Yeah. I think you and I share our love for travel, so it's yeah, been a bit of a. Yeah, we do, don't we? Yes. And yeah. I, you know, at times, I of course I get itchy feet. You know, I want to travel again, and but no, uh, we have to kind of. <laughs> Uh, it's low down sometimes, you know, being, being an older lady now, and I'm, I'm nearly 74. Oh, my God. <laughs> and still a globetrotter. Yes. Yes. No, I, yeah, but obviously necessary, um, you know, things. And, and I think myself having a few health issues and also for yourself, we're kind of the more at-risk categories. So. Yes, but, but this is the age, yeah, um, I mean, of course, it's a, it's a very... We are at risk at this age, and um, I do have a. After my world trotting, I've uh, uh, I've, I've had to go to hospital and uh, have a stent put in one of my arteries in the heart, and because there there was a condition there that, that the doctors found that I had, and um, so so I am at at uh, a bit of a risk anyway at this age, and so I have to be extra careful more or less, and. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's nice to hear from Lajay that that you know this kind of is all bringing family together. You've you've noticed a change with people. Yes. Yes. Uh, the families are getting much more like there's there's much more kind of uh, you know unified family. Like people are getting to know each other. You know, once upon a time we 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 didn't. You know, sort of we were travelling here and there. The transients were more or less uh, on the go on the road and. And all that, but uh, now it's it's become so s- stable that we are now getting to sort of grow more closer as, as a family and as, as as a people, more or less. Hmm. Oh, that that's really nice to hear. At least there's some positives coming out of this, and and I have noticed that you know things are. I, I don't want to jinx it, but things are are looking kind of up. What's it been a few days since we've had a case up in the Kimberley, and yeah, so. So I think um, hopefully we'll be kind of over this rut sooner rather than later. I mean, obviously yes. keep doing what you're doing and and washing and being you know cautious about whatever else. But it's really it's hopefully getting there soon. Yeah, thank you very much for the interview, darling, and uh, we'll be 
well yourself and take care. Yes, you too. And I look forward to being able to visit when I, when I, as soon as I can. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Send my love to everybody else. Yes, yes, we will. Okay, no worries. So that's all for today's show. Thank you for joining us for this week. And I hope uh, you've enjoyed having a little bit of an update from people all around the Kimberley. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. And we'll catch you next time.